Welcome back to another installment of The Lowdown, your series brought to you by DNL Transport, where we are bringing you raw, candid interviews with some fantastic folks, some freight brokers that have had some success and have a great story to tell. Today, we are thrilled to be joined by someone who fits that bill perfectly, uh, David in Florida. David's a good friend of mine, and I am so happy to be chatting with him today. David, welcome to the show. Thanks, Brian. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Now, you haven't been a freight broker for your entire career. Uh, I know you've spent some time on both coasts. Uh, tell us kind of how you got started. You know, I know you're an Arizona State grad, which is okay, but uh, tell us a little bit about your career and how you kind of rolled into what you're doing now. Yeah, sure. I, uh, you know, it's, uh, I didn't, I didn't even know that the, that there was a, uh, a profession that was a freight broker up until about, I would say 10 years or so ago. And someone who we both know who works at, uh, at DNL, we'll just call him the, uh, the fat fisherman. He, uh, he was, he was doing it. I, uh, I came from the financial services world and, um, did that for, I don't even know, 15 years or something like that. And when things dried up there, uh, back, uh, financial crisis times, I was looking for, for something else. And, uh, he was the fat fisherman was, was doing this. And I, it was funny because I thought to myself, you know, is that who, what kind of a broker is a freight broker? I didn't, I didn't even know it existed. So um, I asked him about it. I saw he was doing relatively well with it and I trusted him. And he, uh, he said, if you want to get into this, you know, it's something that uh, I'll, I'll take some time and I'll, I'll train you. There's not a, uh, uh, you know, it's not too complicated to get into. You just need someone who can show you the ropes. He, you know, he, he said he'd be willing to do it. And uh, that's, that's how I got into it. Yeah. And, and was it a, you're obviously very good at what you do. Was it a, uh, uh, an easy transition for you? Did you kind of jump right in and feel like you had some momentum right away or was it kind of a longer drip for you? So it's funny, right? Uh, he gave me, I think, the sort of guidance that most people would get when starting. He said, well, here's – he showed me the trucks, and I had some background in with trucks because my dad was in trucking. So I knew a little bit about it, not a lot. Um, but he gave me basically a printout of the trucks. He said, here's your drive-in. You know, here's your, here's your flatbed. You know, they're either 48 or 53 feet. And gave – you know, here's a step deck, and here's what they do and why they – just general stuff like that. Yeah. And he said, here's Thomas net. And, uh, you know, basically just try to think of stuff that's big and call, which is the Thomas nets kind of a sales lead or, or it's an online kind of, uh, company info database. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I would say company info database is good. You can put in different categories and things like that. Uh, you know, for whatever product you're looking for. And I think a lot of different types of people would use that. A lot of people that are in our business, tons of them, I think, use that just to try to get in touch with, uh, with manufacturers and, you know, companies like that. So just, so, so kind of a grind early on, obviously, as you're learning the business and, and, and um, you know, trying to generate some relationships at, at some point in that, uh, at least maybe early time period, you had to have felt like something was turning for you. I, I assume it wasn't overnight. But it's, at, at some point you had to have thought, okay, I'm getting a little bit of momentum in my, in my career here. Do you recall when that was and maybe what precipitated that kind of shift in momentum for you? Maybe a, a, an early success story? 
Well, this, I got extremely lucky. And, and I know this because one of the, the categories that, 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 uh, that I called and that I've had other people try to call that I've, uh, guided a little bit on, you know, on getting started. They're like the number three company that's listed in a specific category in Thomas net. And, and somehow, I don't know how I still have them on my third phone call, my third phone call. Mm. I can remember what the guy said. He said, I'm getting hit a lot by freight brokers right now, but send me your info. I still have that customer eight years or nine years later. Mm. So I got really in that, that may have taken, that could have taken two months. Right. right. So I was lucky to get a, a, a customer within a week. Is so it the same guy, I had, same, yeah, same, same people. I yeah. can't, can't get rid of them sometimes I think, but, um, same, same, uh, you know, same customer. And, uh, but when I started to get some traction really was, and, and not to make this a, a DNL commercial, but I, I feel like it's important because it's, it's true. And I tell this to other people, I had worked at this freight brokerage company that, uh, that the double F was working at. And, you know, it was, it was difficult because we would cold call and then, only to find out after you, 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 you make all these phone calls, you get people to listen to you and all this stuff. And finally they would, they would say, okay, great. I'm going to give you an opportunity to do some shipping with me. And then I would call my back office and be like, Hey, listen, you know, XYZ company wants to do some shipping. And more than half the time they would come back and say, well, they don't have the, the, the type of credit standards that are, that are, uh, up to, you know, up to our standards. Right. And, uh, you know, so, so very after all of that work, yeah, it was it was frustrating and and it was just a frustrating thing. But I didn't have any. I just thought, again, I had been doing this for a, a few months and I didn't have anybody else who I had spoken to in the industry. So I didn't know anything about it. And I said, this is this industry sucks. I, I don't get it. You know, you, you, you work this hard and, you know, and then fine. And then nobody wants to give these people credit. And like, what am I doing? And uh, that was my first experience. And how did that how did it change for me? Well, uh, Jim Langenbach gave, uh, gave me a phone call one day and he asked me what my, you know, my biggest frustrations were. And it was what I just shared with you. And he said, well, you know, we're a little bit different there. You know, we'll, we'll give you, you know, we'll take a chance on your customers and that's not going to happen here. We'll give your customers a chance to, to prove to us that they're willing, you know, they're going to pay. And, uh, and then all of these customers that I had called in the past that had said yes to me, but then I couldn't work with, I called them back and some of them said yes. And, you know, just sort of from there, I felt like that's, that's when I started to gain traction. It was a, it was a change in, in where I was working that, that really did that. And that's, that's, that's the truth. And do you still, it sounds like you still have a pretty good memory of that call with Jim. He's, he's quite the character. What, uh, do you still talk to him? Yeah, I, I talk to him whenever I see him every now and then he'll, he'll call me, he'll send me emails uh, I visited him in Florida. I'm in Florida now. I, I plan on doing that again, probably over the next couple of months. I, yeah, no, I keep in touch with him. And what's, what's, what's funny is, um, I always tell this story to Jim and I think it's, this is an important story because Jim, I think maybe Jim was under the impression that I was someone who maybe I wasn't when he recruited me. And, uh, and I think once I came on to DNL, he, uh, he wasn't, he wasn't real impressed with uh, with the amount of business that I was doing. So, so he so, thought you had a more robust book, or he thought he was actually calling somebody else. 
no, I know, no, he he thought I had a more robust book than I did. And, you know, I, I and, and he got that probably in part from me. You know, we didn't go into a lot of detail about it, but he liked me and I liked him. And and I had, a, the, you know, uh, the double F with me and, you know, it was two agents coming over. And I think he felt good about that. But shortly thereafter, he uh, he had some buyer's remorse. And, uh, you know, he had he made a phone call to me and, and basically said, you know, maybe another time, another place. <laughs> One of those. He didn't sugarcoat it. Yeah. You know, and uh, and I told him, you're not firing me, Jim. That's not <laughs> happening. It, you know, it, that's not the way this is going to go down. I said, I'm going to be successful at this and you just have to give me more time. I'm just getting going. I've got a lot of leads and I've only been doing this for six months. And and trust me, I'm going to make it work. And he said, all right. I'll talk to you in a few months. And, uh, and that was it. And I always bring that up to Jim because I think it's funny. Number one. Um, and I, but I think it's important. It's important for a lot of people. And I tell that story to people because, you know, I've, uh, I've been lucky enough to do pretty well in this business. And I was just about, if he had fired me, I would have quit. That would have been it. And, uh, and he didn't. And, you know, here I am. Well, and, and you, you obviously are very successful, uh, you would be freight brokerage or otherwise. It's just kind of your, who you are. Uh, but how, how has your life changed? Cause I know it can be a really stressful, uh, business. It's a, it's a constantly on business, um, which is okay, but, but that can present challenges for, you know, a personal life. And, and not to get too personal with you, but how do you, how do you manage that? Um, you know, cause I see you daily and you're very good at that, but, but I guess, how do you manage that, uh, the stresses of this industry? Um, and, and if, what advice would you give to somebody else who's trying to manage it themselves? Well, you know, I can remember years ago, I, uh, I was complaining to my mother, uh, about when my mother was, was with us about work and something. And, and I was doing fine in financial services and the context of the conversation was was basically me complaining to to my mother about work and and I'll never forget what what she said and what she said to me was you know what Dave cry me a river right mm-hmm. and and that was that was and and it stuck with me because what she was basically saying was you do really well and there's people out there digging ditches and uh, I don't want to hear it, right? So, and and I think that has guided me. Where it's when it, when when I am real busy and, and and I'm in the weeds and I can't, you know, though you're in the moment anyway, so you don't get it. Where it gets to me more is when it's seven o'clock at night and I'm or six o'clock and I'm just trying to get to the gym or something, and the phone starts ringing and emails or. I get to the gym early in the morning and even if I get there at six, some of my customers get up early and, you know, at off times when you just want your own time, it, it can get to me. But what would I tell people? I, listen, if you're not successful, you're probably not getting those emails and phone calls at all of these weird hours. So right. you would do anything when you're starting out to get those phone calls and emails at seven o'clock at night or on Sunday when someone's asking for a freight quote, you would beg for that. You say, right. give me a, Give me a free quote anytime. So I try to remember that. And I, I would tell that to other people. Remember when you started. Remember how you were begging people to send you a free quote. You know, and I try to remember that. All right. Well, so what? It's Sunday morning. You know what? 
guy wants something on Sunday morning and he's working, then I should work. And I, I always keep that in mind. Well, it, and when you do get some downtime, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. I mean, who is, who is David outside of the office? Do you, uh, I heard you've got pretty good pickleball game. Uh, tell us a little bit about what you're kind of, how do you, how do you blow off steam? Well, certainly pickleball is, uh, is an activity that, uh, I would, uh, I'm, I'm, pretty uh i would say pretty good at and something i would be something that i would recommend to other people to blow off some steam um um, i don't know you know what i uh eve uh my girlfriend always says you're such you're you're two different people it when when i'm on the weekend i'm one person and during the week i'm another and that's just that's just the way it is so what am i doing when i'm blowing off steam and I don't know. I like to I like to stay active. I, I make sure that uh, I make sure that I go to the gym five or six times a week all the time. Um, yeah. I make sure that on the weekend I make sure that I go out and, and eat at, uh, at at two or three good restaurants, mm. really good restaurants, the best ones I can find, you know, because I feel like that's that's my reward. I'll, I'm almost 50. So there's only a certain amount of things us 50 year olds do. And that's one of them. <laughs> you, you, you know, yeah, you, you pick a in restaurants. Yeah, that's that's what we do, and uh, you know, so that that sort of stuff. I don't, you know, I go to the gym, and you know, not uh, not 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 that much. But I, I will say, on the weekends, uh, I'm a much uh, better, uh, fun-loving person than I am during the week. Well, and, and one more kind of non-industry-related question, but you're fairly new to Tampa. Obviously, like you like your restaurants. Are you are, are you getting acclimated to their restaurant game? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, What's good about it now is it's the off season. So um, I moved here in April. And that's really when all of the tourists are leaving. And it's been, you know, scorching out here for the last whatever it's been six months. But the good thing about that is you can get into these restaurants because I can remember when I would come down here on vacation they're all jammed and you, you're making reservations a, a month, two months in advance. What's good about being, I guess, you know, local at this point is you can get into all of the, the better restaurants and just show up, sit at the bar and either eat at the bar or get a table. And, you know, it's cool. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I've, I've been to almost all of them. You have some great um, insight. I'm always impressed with your insight um, and perspective. How have you seen the industry change, if you have, um, but how have you seen the industry change from when you first started hammering Thomas net, uh, to where you are now? And then relatedly, Dave, how, how do you see that progressing over the next five years? I know that's kind of a loaded question, but I, I always like your perspective. Yeah. You know, I'll tell you what, so, uh, taking the, the second part of it, I see the industry in five years, the same way it is today. Yeah. Because I don't think the industry has changed anything uh, in the last eight years. So we had this big uh, uh, e-logs thing, you know, all you know, the, all that stuff. And you know what? That, that for a little bit of time, there was a, a little bit of a period where um, you know that took some time getting used to. But the reality is, it's the same drivers, the same companies doing the same thing, and I'm doing the same thing. It hasn't changed one bit. It's the same thing. Now it's just you got guys that have to follow some more rules, right? And uh, mm-hmm. you get. You get uh, accustomed to dealing with that, and so it's the same business. And I anticipate in five years it's going to be the same business. I think, mm-hmm. you know, the overriding on top of everything is going to be economically, you know, what goes on and politically and, you know, and all of that. But, you know, and that's going to dictate how freight trends are. But 
you know, that's something we can't control anyways. And I always try to say, I can't, con- I can't control what's going to go on in the economy. So I just do my job and hope, hope for the best. Right. So I see the industry exactly the way it is today in five years, but more crowded. And that's, that's yeah. the issue. I, I, I just think that, so if you, you ask me difference, it, it's the crowdedness, if that's a word of, of the industry, it's, you mean on the brokerage so many, side? On the brokerage side, yeah. there's so many people that are getting into this business just because people go to college and they're not specialized and they come out and they used to not, you and I have talked about this. They used to come out and do other sources. They used to do life insurance sales. They used to do, uh, you know, uh, they used to do financial services. They used to do a host of different careers that, 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 that really for an outgoing person that isn't a specialized, doesn't have a specialized degree that now they go into crazy enough freight brokerage and, these companies are hiring like mad and you know, where it used to be the, they were getting five phone calls a week or 10 phone calls a week. Now our customers are getting 10 a day mm. and it's nonstop. And, uh, it's just, that's, I would say the biggest difference is the amount of competition because you've got so many people that are trying to enter this field. And, uh, you know, it's, it's made it certainly more difficult, I think to, to start in this field, but, um, that, that's just the nature of the business. Well, and what's your, with that added competition, you're, you're obviously always really good with your relationships. I've seen you in action, but what's your secret? I mean, is that, what's your secret to kind of combating that, that, uh, that crowded space and kind of maintaining your, your customer relationships? Uh, I mean, it's a good question. I, you know, Look, I, I wanted to focus when I started this. There was nothing that, that bugged me more than someone who I would call up and they would just say, okay, yeah, I'll, put her on, I'll put you on a distribution list. And then they would send me a rate quote and there'd be 30 other people on it. I, I would like, you know, think to my, I'd be like giving them the two fingers without them seeing it. Like, like, that, I, like that would bug me, right. right? So I would always try to find people that needed a certain level of service. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and I think those people are still clients because they do. I, it's funny. I joke around with, uh, with people sometimes, uh, that, that know me and people that have, that have worked with me. And I say, I specialize in companies that, that need that because, you know, if you're just going out there and, you know, trying to, you know, say, Oh, I'm going to do this for you cheaper. Right. I just don't get that. I don't. Yeah. I have no desire. I've never had a desire to save anybody money. Right. I've always had a desire to enhance their experience. And I think if you focus yeah. that way, enhancing experiences as opposed to saving money, someone else can always come in and save them 50 bucks. But can someone provide a better overall experience? Well, you know, go ahead. Try. Maybe yeah. you can. But I don't I don't I don't. That's a much harder road to get into when you have a deep relationship that's based upon you providing a, a, a service as opposed to you providing a rate. And yep. that's, so that, I think that's the key to it, getting the right customers that appreciate you. They value you as a partner and uh, aren't necessarily just worried about, you know, what, how do I get the cheapest rate? Yeah, no. And I, I love when you, we have talked about that before and I love when you say it. Cause I, I'm impressed with that approach because, you know, so often, you, you, you know, that's what you're hearing in the industry is, is, is kind of that, the cost, pure cost approach. And, and, um, and I, I've always admired 
your kind of your different way to look at it because certainly it's working for you. What's your ideal brokerage company look like and how can your brokerage company, meaning kind of the back office, uh, you know, kind of support you in your endeavor to kind of battle this competition and, and maintain your, you know, solid customer relationships? Well, I think uh, as a listen, as agents, the we're out there, we're we're out front, we're dealing with the customers, but it's super important to have a team behind you that can handle all of the all of the other aspects of the business, which are a lot. There's a lot that goes with this, and it. I just think that a company that lets you do your job. And if the, you know, they trust you and you trust them and they say, go out and do your job, do it right. Represent our company the right way. Don't, you know, make sure that you're, you're mindful of that. You're representing, uh, you know, a brand, our brand and, uh, you know, do it the right way, but go out and do it yourself. And whatever you need, we're here to back you up. If you uh, have specific, you know, situations that arise where you need some guidance or, your customer needs, you know, specific services that might be a little bit outside of what the norm might be. Um, or maybe a like quick that. answer on a carrier or maybe customer credit. Yeah, oh, like yeah. Well, immediate I mean, response. It, yeah. I mean, it's just getting, you know, if I, we set up, we set up new, and again, I don't have a lot of, uh, I don't talk to a lot of people in this business uh, outside of here, but I mean, we set up new carriers in, I don't know usually five minutes, 10 minutes or whatever it is, we get credit questions answered and, and we give credit to, you know, new, new customers at, at, at certain levels right away, automatically, uh, you know, future credit decisions are always done quickly, all of that stuff, because we want answers and yes or no. It, it, and most of the time it's, it's yes. And, you know, everything is always really quick and always well done. And the people, and, and, you know, that, I think that's important. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, I can I, this podcast and this interview right now is about you, Dave. But I, I can say from my perspective, one of the things I love about my job is um, some of the personal relationships I've developed. And so, uh, you know, Dave and I have developed a great. You know, we started as kind of business associates, and now we're. Um, I'd say that's kind of just on the wayside now. Now we're buddies, travel together, and uh, really enjoy seeing each other. So uh, I really do appreciate that. So. Yeah, um, me too. It's, uh, you know, it's, it, it's funny. Um, you know, you, you wind up, you, you go to work for a company and then years later you become friends with, uh, with all these people and not, not business friends. They're not business. There's business friends and then there's friends, right? right? Um, and everyone has business friends, but you, you become friends with people who you genuinely care about. You would genuinely do anything for, and it's, uh, it's kind of cool. Yeah, no, I agree. And, uh, and, I can't appreciate enough uh, you coming on today. And um, again, uh, thank you and great, uh, great feedback. You've always had, like I said before, had great perspective and uh, just appreciate you, you sharing that with us today. Cool, man. It's uh, my pleasure. Thanks for offering.